Welcome to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Their goal is to win the lost, disciple Christians, set the captives free, and see the sick made whole. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org. Now, here is Pastor Gary Culp with today's message. Well, good afternoon. The Lord bless you. What do we know for sure? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Let's pray for souls. Father, we want everyone to go to heaven. So we're crying out and agreeing together for the eternal salvation of every boy and girl, man and woman in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, their past, present, future spouses, all the children they have now in the future and their family members, all grandchildren they have now in the future, family members, all great-grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members. By faith, we're sending the Holy Spirit to convict each person of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Oh, Lord Jesus, please reveal yourself to each person, your incarnation, your perfect life, the great miracles you did, your death, burial, and resurrection, your precious atoning blood, the revelation and understanding that by your stripes we were healed would come to every boy and girl, man and woman. And yes, Lord, they would humble themselves before you. They would repent of their sins. They would receive you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior and Lord, being gloriously born again from above. And Father, then you'd get every person to a good Bible-believing teaching church. They would then be baptized in water, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Every Christian would become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're praying for all every demon-possessed, demonizing captive to be set free, and all the sick to be healed from every sickness and every disease. And Lord, your people to receive and to walk in financial abundance, prosperity, debt cancellation of their debts, the full blessing of Abraham, whom God blessed in all things. And we we agree together in Jesus' name, and therefore we say thank you. And Father, we love the Jewish people. We have such great debt of gratitude to them. We're praying for their salvation. We pray for the blinders and scales to be taken off their hearts and minds, and they would see that Jesus Christ is their Messiah, Savior, and Lord, and they'd be born again from above. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and obedience to your word. And Father, we agree that they have an eternal covenant to all the land of Canaan. Please restore all that land to them. Protect them from all their enemies. And Father, we agree that you're giving them complete and total victory in the Psalm 83 war and the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, which are soon to happen. And we love and bless Israel, and we pray the United States would always back the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. And we bless them in Jesus' name. But also, Father God, so many terrible, wicked things are going on in America. We're crying out to you, Father, we need your help. We're agreeing together, Father, you're, going, you're destroying the plan of all the plans of Joe Biden, but also of the Fed concerning the digital currency, Father God. Send their plans into confusion and derision, Father God. May they fight among themselves. May they not be able to come into agreement and raise up millions of people to cry out against this great evil. And we're agreeing we're going to have our dollar bills in cash until the rapture of the church and we agree for that now also father no more viruses or pestilences father we understand there's a new variant coming we curse that virus and in a seed and root we command it to die father we agree we're not going to receive it i agree with everyone listening we command our immune systems to be strong healthy and whole and to repel and destroy any and all sickness disease and pain especially the new virus we agree there's not going to be any more mask mandates and father we know this vaccinations from the pit of hell we come against it 
and we pray no one would ever receive it ever again, and you would heal those who have taken it. Also, Father, please secure our borders. Father, we ask that you would drive out out of this country every person who is here illegally and allow only those to come in who come in accordance to, with your will and purposes and according to our laws and constitution. And please, Father, protect our power grid. Father God, don't let them shut down our electricity, our gas, our oil, our coal, Father, ever. Destroy those terrorists, Father God, whether they be internal or external terrorists. Also, Father God, we pray that you protect our food production plants. No, no more of them would be mysteriously burnt down. We pray, Father God, that you protect our, our water and food. Don't let them put any mRNA material into it. And also, Father, these chemtrails are putting things in the air to contaminate our air, Father God. Shut down those planes. Don't let them fly, Father. Don't let them destroy America. And, Father, you've seen and we've seen, and, Father, the terrible persecution that has come against your servant Donald Trump and his family, against conservatives and Christians. Father, we agree. We are the Mordecais, Father God. You will continue to watch over us and protect us. You will continue to provide for us, Father God. And you would promote us, Father, just like you did your servant Mordecai, even in the midst of this terrible persecution. And, Father, the Hamans, and you know who the Hamans are, as they would continue to try to destroy us and kill us, just like your word says, they would be hung in the very gallows that they have prepared for us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're doing that now. Also, we pray for sexual purity for children and adults. Father, we agree, Father God, that the homosexual, lesbianism, transgender agenda is from the pit of hell. But, Father, we love the people, and we pray for their deliverance, their healing. And, Father God, but we pray that this would never be promoted in any school, anywhere, ever, or tolerated. And we thank you for that also. And, Father, we pray because you said in your word you're a God of justice. We pray for your divine justice and judgment to come forth for the Biden administration. And, Father, deal with them according to your word. And we thank you for that also right now. So, Father, we thank you for answering this prayer, and we give you all the praise, honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first of all, we're going to be talking about salvation, but let's just have a little time of reviewing all the things that are going on that let us know for sure that Jesus is coming very, very soon. You know, again, probably the greatest one is I listen to other people also, and I think it really is the greatest danger, is this artificial intelligence. Uh, even those on the top of, of, of who are doing it are concerned about coming to singularity, literally where the computers have a mind of their own and try to take over. And that's not an exaggeration. They talk about it. So we pray against that. Also, we pray against the CRISPR and gene spl splicing, transhumanism. I mean, they are mixing DNA with humans and animals and doing things that God hates and abhors. Again, another sign that Jesus is coming soon. Also, the Jews are ready to build their temple. I think that's probably the greatest sin. I mean, the, the greatest thing to happen because the Bible says the temple will be built. 
In fact, the Antichrist, who's all, who's will probably be uh, exposed very soon, will sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel. They'll be uh, uh, doing their sacrifices in the middle of the tribulation. The Antichrist will go into the uh, temple, declare he's God. The Jews will see, oh no, he is a bad guy, and they will flee. But again, that temple's ready to be up and built now, so it just shows Jesus, the rapture, is about to happen. Also, these global pandemics, uh, the falling away, the apostasy in the church. You know, the thing is, uh, and I didn't realize how irreverent it was until the last year or so, the wokeness. Again, uh, churches embracing socialism and Marxism, uh, churches embracing abortion and homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, embracing uh, critical race theory, you know, things that are abomination to God. And again, uh, one of the denominations I was in for 22 years, those in the higher ups are part of it. And how sad, sad, sad that is. But again, Jesus talked about the falling away. So we know he's coming soon. And then, you know, Dr. Richard Fleming and Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, they have said and stated, and it's absolutely the truth, the virus and the vaccinations are bioterrorism weapons to try to destroy and kill people. And then let's remember uh, General Boykin and Lieutenant Colonel McGinnis uh, have said for years the enemy's plan has to invade our colleges and to teach socialism, Marxism, and communism. So people that have graduated from college for the last few years have a contaminated uh, education, and they've been taught these principles as good things instead of the evil things that they are. And again, we are suffering from that also. But again, another sign that Jesus is coming soon. Then there's the alien invasion. Even the government's talking about that. But again, it's just demonic entities that are invading, coming to Earth, uh, trying to make you think they're from other planets and galaxies, trying to bring confusion. And that will probably be a great thing during the tribulation also. So all these things, and again, Christian persecution, we prayed against that. These are all things telling us that very soon Jesus is coming. So you need to be ready, ready for the rapture. It's just around the corner. Okay, well, today we're going to talk about salvation. I'm hopefully going to give you some scriptures that you can use to bring people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And if you're not saved, you will listen and see how wonderful the plan of salvation is. Let's start with John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world. Okay, now he loves planet Earth, but it's talking about the people that God has created that he gave his only begotten son. We know that's Jesus Christ, that whosoever. And you know, I don't know you, but I know you're a whosoever. <laughs> whosoever believeth in him, that's Jesus Christ, should not perish. That means die and go to hell, but have everlasting life. That means you're born again from above. That means Jesus comes to live in you. That means you, your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. That means you become a new creature in Christ. That's all a part of being born again. In verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, that's the person of Jesus Christ, might be saved. Verse 18, again, everyone on planet earth is in this verse. He that believeth on him, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he that believeth not, the unsaved, the heathen, even the religious, 
is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we see that God loves his creation. The fall we know took place with Adam and Eve. Sin came into the world. But God in his love and mercy allowed his son Jesus, and Jesus wanted to do it, to come down from heaven, the virgin birth, become man, and again to live his perfect life, to do miracles, to prove he was the son of God, and then to go to the cross and die and pay for all our sins. Which brings us again to the next scripture in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. The Bible declares emphatically, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The reason you need to get saved is because you're a sinner. You're a sinner just by being born. Let me prove that to you. In uh, Psalm chapter 51, verse 5, David's talking. He says, Behold, I was shapen, shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Because of the fall with Adam and Eve, every person born has a sinful nature. So even before you do anything wrong, you have a sinful nature, which means you will sin. Sin has been imputed to you, okay? And the Bible says that sin has a price. And we'll talk to that in a minute. But then as you get older and know right from wrong, because you have a sinful nature, you choose to sin. You, turn, you choose to lie, cheat, steal, whatever it is, break God's commandments because you have a sinful nature. And at that point, you are accountable for your sin. You know right from wrong, and you choose to do wrong. So the Bible is correct. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wonderful thing. God has a solution. Go to Romans chapter 5, begin verse 8. But God commended his love toward us, that's all mankind, in that while we were yet sinners, see, God loved us. He wanted to do something for us. Notice the rest of the verse. Christ died for us. You know, the most wonderful thing, if you're a Christian, you just relish this all the time, that Jesus was willing to take all of my sins and your sins upon him at the cross. The Bible says he literally became sin for us. He is perfect. He was perfect. And he was the Lamb of God, the Bible says, slain before the foundation of the world. And I can't get into that today. But I'm just telling you, Jesus took your sins, all of them, upon himself at the cross. And if you repent and receive him, you are forgiven and you become a child of God. Isn't that awesome? So Christ died for us. He didn't have any sin of his own, but he loved us and he was willing to pay our sin debt. That's, he, that means every person that's ever been born. Salvation is open to everyone. Let's jump to verse 9. Much more than being now justified, that's kind of a legal term, which means to be declared righteous. Much more now being justified by his blood, okay? And we'll talk about that in just a minute. We, we, those who trust in Jesus, shall be saved from wrath, the wrath of God. Remember, if the wrath of God is upon you, uh-oh, you're in trouble. And the end result of the wrath of God is you die and you go to hell. But what? Let's read it again. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. 
Remember, even in the Old Testament, God gave the Ten Commandments, but he also knew that they would break the Ten Commandments, so they had a sacrifice system through the priest. They would offer different animals, especially sheep and go- sheep on the, on the altar, to make an atonement, and that was just a, a temporary covering for our sin until the Messiah will come. Well, Jesus has come, and he has taken all our sins upon himself, and again, his blood was the price, or his life, his blood was the price for our salvation to be forgiven. That's why Christians sing about the blood of Jesus. We love Jesus. His blood is precious. It's his blood that washes away your sins. So that is awesome, amen? That's why we sing, we think about the blood, we plead the blood. The blood is a warfare weapon against Satan and his kingdom. The blood is powerful. So we're thankful for Jesus, and we thank you for the power of his blood. Let me read again. Much more than being now justified, declare righteous, how? By his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, perfect blood. We shall be saved from wrath, dying and going to hell, wrath now through him. Isn't that wonderful news? That is great news. So the blood of Jesus is precious. But again, let me remind you, you can't do enough good deeds to cancel out one sin. You see, God has ordained from the beginning, only through the shedding of blood can your sins be forgiven. So I don't care how good you try to be to be a good old boy or good old gal and live a good life, you will die and go to hell because you're not good. You've sinned over and over again in thought, word, deed, action, attitude, imagination. A lot of times you don't even think about those things. You have sinned greatly and only God the Father accepts Jesus and his blood for your forgiveness. That's why you have to have Jesus in your life and in your heart. Let's jump now to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. Let's pause here. Sin pays. (laughs) Did you know that? You do get paid for your sin. Do you know what the payment is? Death. Now, you think it's physical death, and that's true. Uh, Hebrews 9.27 is pointed into men once to die, but after this, the judgment. But the thing is, this is talking about spiritual death. This is talking about being cast into hell, into the lake of fire. If you die and have to pay for your sins, you will go to hell because the, what, the payment for your sins, because you didn't get saved, and therefore all those sins are still upon you instead of trusting in Jesus and there was sins getting placed on upon him you're paying for those sins so you will die and go to hell that's as simple as it is but good news that's not the end of the verse let's read the whole verse for the wages of sin is death dying and going to hell good news here it is but the gift of god salvation is a gift it's a free gift jesus paid for your salvation it's a gift the gift of god is eternal life and you have that eternal life now it's a present possession that lasts forever oh i love forever don't you but the gift of god is eternal life again how through your church no through jesus christ our lord 
And if you're in a good church, they preach Jesus and the Bible. <laughs> okay. So the wages of sin is death. Anyone who dies without Jesus, doesn't matter how religious they are, their sins aren't forgiven unless the blood of Jesus washes away their sins. Do you get the picture here? Now, because we are sinners, God commands us to repent. In Luke chapter 13, verse 3, in fact, Jesus' first message was about repentance. Luke chapter 13, uh, verse 3, Jesus says, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. That means die and go to hell. But so let's establish even a little bit more. Let's go to Acts chapter 17, uh, verse 31. For he, talking about God, well, let's start verse 30, I'm sorry. And the times of this ignorance God overlooked, but now commandeth all men, that means men and women, boys and girls, everywhere to repent. Go a couple of verses over. Acts chapter 20, verse 21. As they were preaching, the early church, Verse 21, testifying both to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So to be saved, you have to repent of your sins. Repentance, let's define it. It's a change of mind that leads to a change in direction. Oh, I see it, Look, God. I've been doing my own thing. I've been living my own life. I've been doing whatever I wanted to do. And yes, Lord, I've done sinful things. I'm changing my mind. I realize, Lord, I can't save myself. I realize, Jesus, you are the Savior. You died for me and rose again. I see it's only your blood that washes away my sin. So I'm changing my mind. I repent of my sins, Lord Jesus. Forgive me, cleanse me, and now I'm putting my faith in you, Lord Jesus, trusting you as my Savior and Lord, and will love and serve you all the days of my life. See, that's repentance. I'm turning from my sin, changing my mind. I see the truth now. And again, you see the truth through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about Him in a minute. And you say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I receive you as Savior and Lord, and you're born again. But again, you have to repent. You change your mind. You've been your own God. And in reality, you've been serving the devil, but you just thought you were just doing what you wanted to do. Well, that was definitely the devil's will. Do you understand that? <laughs> it's either God or the devil. So you were a servant of the devil before you became a servant of God. But you found out the truth, you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit convicted you, and you got saved. Now let's make sure it's very clear and plain in the Bible, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, literally you're saying Jesus Christ is Lord, he's God, and shall believe in thine heart, literally your spirit man, but you know what I mean, your heart, your inner being, that God hath raised him, Jesus, from the dead, in other words, you're saying, yes, I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again, and his precious blood is what's, what's cleansing me. If God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That means become born again. That means become a Christian. Now, here's the order, verse 10. For with the heart, the inner man, the spirit, with the heart man, the person who's getting saved, believeth unto righteousness, which means right standing with God. 
and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Again, you repent of your sins, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and trust him as your Savior and Lord, and you are saved. You're born again from above. You become a new creature in Christ. You say, does it work for everyone? Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be saved. So anyone who genuinely wants to be saved can come to Jesus, repent of their sins, trust him as their Savior and Lord, and be born again. And yes, it's a free gift. Let me just throw in one other scripture to help establish the fact that it is free and you can't earn it. You have to humble yourself and say, Lord, I can't save myself. Only you can save me, Jesus. Let's establish that with another scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace, that's God's unmerited favor, are you saved? That means born again, become a Christian through faith. That's faith in the person of Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves, and here it is again, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, the cults and isms, not only do they preach a false Jesus, and therefore they have not the Holy Spirit, but demonic spirits, they're always saying, you've got to follow our rules, do what we tell you to do, pound out our literature to get to heaven. Well, again, you're going to go to hell because it's not the Bible, Jesus. And the real salvation is a gift of God, not of works. You see, if you knew your Bible, you wouldn't be deceived by these wicked, evil people, even though they appear to be so wonderful, which they're not. They're dirty, rotten sinners just like you and I were. And it's only the blood of Jesus that will wash away their sins and your and my sins. So you become born again from above. Say, thank you, Jesus. But let's also understand that being born again from above, you receive the Holy Spirit. He is the one regenerates you. Now, also, there's a wonderful experience called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, where you ask the Holy Spirit literally to fill you to overflowing. You come to Jesus, you drink in, and he baptizes, immerses you with the Holy Spirit. Now, you have the Holy Spirit when you get saved, but this is a work whereby you allow the Holy Spirit to completely control you and fill you, and there's many different fillings. But there's a wonderful experience, and often it, it, it results in you speaking in other tongues and languages. And we're not going to so much get into that right now for time's sake. But I want you to realize that because you're born again and have the Holy Spirit, God expects you and gives you the ability to be powerful for Him. In fact, we're just going to pray this one prayer in Ephesians 1 because that's all we have time for. That is a Bible prayer where Paul prayed for believers this prayer, and we're going to pray it together. Ephesians 1.17. Heavenly Father, you are the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Would you grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we might know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints 
And what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, Jesus' feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Did you notice verse 19 what we prayed? Paul prayed that you and I would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, all believers. God wants you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit with Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Now our time's about up. Do you know Jesus? Have you been born again? Does he live in your heart and life? If not, or if you're not sure, but you want to be saved and know, pray with me right now. Dear God, I see it. I know that I'm a sinner. I believe and understand that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again. I repent of all my sins right now. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart and life. Please be my Savior, Lord of my life. I give myself to you both now and forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Thank you for listening to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org or send an email to Pastor Gary. His email is GaryCulp at Yahoo.com. Please join them again next week as they continue to expound on God's truth in a relevant and practical way.